0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Monday, July 13th. I'm Robert Bluey.
1: And I'm Virginia Allen. On today's show, we talk with Lori Roman, president of the American Constitutional Rights Union, about their efforts to call on America's political leaders to defend our nation's historic statues and monuments.
0: We also share your letters to the editor and a good news story about one North Carolinian who went out of his way to show the police in his community that he appreciates and supports their service.
1: Before we get to today's show, Rob and I want to tell you about our favorite way to get the news every morning. It's called the Morning Bell, and each weekday, The Daily Signal delivers the top news and commentary directly to your inbox for free.
0: You'll be able to read about the policy debate shaping the agenda, analysis from Heritage Foundation experts, and commentary from leading conservatives like Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager, and Walter Williams.
1: It's easy to sign up. Just visit DailySignal.com and click on the Connect button in the top corner of the page. We'll start sending you the morning bell tomorrow.
0: Now stay tuned for today's show, coming up next.
1: I am joined by Lori Roman, President of the American Constitutional Rights Union. Lori, thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you, Virginia. Very happy to have the opportunity. Now, we have
1: a great discussion ahead of us. We're talking about defacement of statues, what's happening, what we can do about it, how we should respond. Um, But before we dive into that, I do want to take just a second uh, and ask you to share a little bit about the American Constitutional Rights Union and what you all do.
2: American Constitutional Rights Union was started 20 years ago as the American Civil Rights Union to stand up to the ACLU that had seemed to abandon constitutional principles and become an arm of the radical left. It was started by uh, Reagan folks, uh, Reagan um, advisor in, named Bob Carlson, who worked for him as when he was governor. And then when President Reagan went to Washington, he went with him. He's known as the father of modern welfare reform. And then a, a name that you will find very familiar at Heritage, Uh, Attorney General Ed Meese was one of the founding board members of what was then the American Civil Rights Union and is now the American Constitutional Rights Union. So we stand up for the Constitution, and often you'll see us litigating on voting integrity issues and often on First and Second Amendment issues. But if, if it's about constitutional rights, we're all over it.
1: Well, we certainly appreciate the work that you all do, and my goodness, right now is certainly a critical time for that work. There's so much unrest in the nation right now, and it seems like a lot of that anger is being directed towards America's statues. We've seen many Confederate statues defaced, but also statues of Ulysses S. Grant, George Washington, uh, even a statue of, of abolitionist Frederick Douglass was torn down in New York. But the American Constitutional Rights Union is trying to protect these pieces of history. Can you tell me a little bit about how you all are doing that?
2: Well. It hasn't been that long ago, just a week or so ago, we noticed that there weren't very many public officials who were willing to stand up against the rampaging mobs and the rioters and defend America, and our monuments and our history. And so we started this project called Protect Monuments, and you can find it at protectmonuments.org. To really push public officials and give the grassroots an opportunity to have a mechanism to push their own public officials to take a stand against rampaging mobs. We can't have discussions and solve problems as a country if we allow lawlessness and mobs to frame every single debate. It's just not productive. There are many problems we could work on together if we thought the radical left really would be serious about working on these solutions. But we believe that the destruction of the monuments is just a means to an end by a few factions of very radical leftists and Marxists who wanna tear down the country. They wanna demean and demoralize Americans and they wanna create a new uh, Marxist version of America and we can't let it happen. It is true that monuments are just a symbol of all this, if you allow lawlessness and mobs, you'll keep getting more lawlessness and mobs. So it's time for public officials to stand up. So we want Americans to go to protectmonuments.org, sign a petition in support of the monuments, and then get your public official to download our pledge for public officials and send it to your public official and say, we want you to get out from behind your desk, stop, stop quivering behind your desk, and come out and protect America. And if we all do that, perhaps we can grasp some of the backbone of the American people into some of our cowardly leaders. And I do not include President Trump in that. He has been fantastic on the monuments.
1: So what is the response that this petition has received so far?
2: Well, yesterday was the first day we blasted it out. We sent it out to over 10,000 public officials across the United States just yesterday. Some are signing the pledge. Those are starting to trickle in. We have Americans signing the petition, and we're very hopeful that um, we also have a hotline, a tip line, so that people can call us or email us and let us know if there is a statue being destroyed or lawlessness and mobs ruling in your area. Let us know who the cowardly public officials are. We're not afraid to name them and shame them.
1: So if, if you would allow me just for a moment to kind of play uh, the pessimist, if you will. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we see petitions and kind of these calls for action, but it can be really hard to turn that, you know, signing your name on a piece of paper into to movement forward, into action. So how do you all plan to ensure that, you know, those leaders who are being called upon to take a stand will actually follow up, you know, their words with action?
2: Well, it is true. These days, people are afraid to sign petitions and put their names to things. And that is one of the unfortunate consequences of allowing mobs and lawlessness in our country. And that's a sad fact. But even if no one signs the petition on our website, and even if public officials don't hear too much from, directly from their constituents, which we hope they will, we're going to keep pushing them. We're going to keep sending them emails we are going to keep placing ads and running ads, and we are going to put out press releases and social media to shame those who are too cowardly to stand up for America. And so we have other means. If uh, American citizens are are really not feeling comfortable sending things directly, then we have other means, and those are very public means to call up public officials and say, "Stand up to mobbing, mob looting." and lawlessness. Protect the statues, that's a symbol, but it is part of a bigger problem of allowing destruction and violence in our country that is very, very alarming. And what we know is that as long as we're spending time with violence and destructive acts, we cannot have productive conversations about the things that we need to have productive conversations about, which leads me to believe that the radical left and the Marxists behind this are using many young people, using in some instances, the ignorance of young people who are doing crazy things like putting down the statues of abolitionists. They don't know what they're doing. They have not been educated. And I believe they're being used by very dark forces who are trying to promote Marxism. And they're using young people who don't know exactly what they're doing, who are getting caught up in the frenzy. And I think that's very sad. But We need to stand up to those forces who are in many cases using people who do not know that they're really, really being used by people who want to overthrow America as we know it.
1: Well, and I'm, you mentioned having a conversation, and I think that at the end of the day, both sides want that. You have this radical uh, fraction that you mentioned uh, that doesn't want to talk. They just want to burn things and tear things down. But I, I think when we actually get down to the root of what this conflict is about, there there's a desire on both sides of the aisle to actually sit down and have that productive conversation. Do you think that's true?
2: I think that's certainly true. And if if you go to our website, protectmonuments.org, you will see a quote there from Alveda King, the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., who has always been a great and um, calming voice asking for us to have productive dialogues and civil discussions and to love and forgive one another. And um, she is encouraging people to work out our problems and our solutions without destroying property And so um, it's important that we look to leaders like that who are willing to lead civil discussions, who are willing to follow the the plan and the example of her uncle, Martin Luther King Jr., to have peaceful resistance when we feel the need for resistance in our country. That we encourage. Peaceful protest when we feel the need for protest in our country. And certainly we encourage that. But all of that is The purpose of peaceful protest is to get us to the point where we can have civil discussions and solve problems together, legislatively or culturally. And that can't happen as long as we're allowing lawlessness to rule. Martin Luther King Jr., he understood that, and we're thankful for his example. But I see not enough people in our country who are willing to stand up and follow his example, thankful for Alveda King, the way she has done it. Also on our website, you'll see... Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Alan West, and and Ambassador and former Secretary of State of Ohio, Ken Blackwell, uh, all of us urging people to stop the destruction. Let's have a peaceful dialogue. You know, after George Floyd's death, there were polls that ranged between 84 and 97 percent of Americans agreed that that was police brutality. It was excessive, and there was a problem we needed to solve. Imagine Americans don't agree on anything to that level. That would have been a wonderful starting point to have peaceful and wonderful and productive dialogue together about police brutality. And when it happens, of course, we support the majority of police who um, do not engage in such activity. But we're perfectly willing to have, as Americans, a discussion about how we make things better and make sure that things like that never happen again. That could have happened. But... Public officials and others allowed us to get to the point where lawlessness ruled, and we cannot solve problems in this situation. So let's stop the lawlessness, let's stop the destruction, and then let's focus on having some dialogues on what we need to improve in our country. I think America has always been great about that, always looking for ways to more fully live up to the ideals in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. So we hope people will go to protectmonuments.org, help us uh, stop the mobs and start the discussion.
1: When do you think it maybe is appropriate for a statue to be moved to a different location? Because maybe it is highly offensive to some people.
2: Well, as long as we're having civil discussions and we're voting on things as Americans, I think we all feel pretty comfortable if there's a legal and civil process going on to make these decisions. I think none of us feel comfortable when it's done in haste, when it's done because we're being bullied by someone or pressured by someone. But if we can let cooler heads prevail and we can have discussions and not rush into things, I'm sure there are situations where communities will decide that they may wanna move a statue or they might wanna put it in a museum or they might realize that um, maybe some context needs to be put in, you know, in a plaque next to it. Those are all things I think, as Americans, we could agree on in a civil way, and we're perfectly open to that. But let's not do it because of a um, frenzy that's being created, where we're not um, we're not really thinking about the long term effects of erasing some of our history. You know, um, I am the great great granddaughter. Of a, of a man, my my great great grandfather Keith or George Stillwagon, who served as a volunteer in the Union Army and was wounded and captured, and sent to the most brutal um, Southern prison camp at Andersonville, and so um, I grew up not having great fond um, stories being told to me about the war, and. Um, And every Memorial Day, my family would take me to the grave of my great-great-grandfather and tell me the story of his wound and his capture at Lovejoy Station in Georgia, and um, how he happily volunteered to be a part of the Union Army. So um, I often think if I met the great-great-granddaughter of the person who shot my great-great-grandfather, would I have any ill will toward her? And the answer is no. I absolutely wouldn't. Would I love to see a statue maybe of her great-great-grandpa who shot my great-great-grandpa? Probably wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't destroy it. If my kids went and saw such a thing, I think I would use it as a learning opportunity. I would talk to them about the war. I would tell our family's story, but never in my wildest dreams would I think of taking out a sledgehammer and destroying it.
1: Well, and Lori, so much of what you're saying, I think goes back to that root of education, to having... Those conversations about America's history with our with our kids when when they're young when when they're teens and being honest that yes there are parts of America's history that obviously are dark. Uh, but we also have to look at how far we've come as a nation. And um, It it just seems so, so critical to really, especially right now, be thinking about, okay, how, how do we maybe rethink civics education in our schools and make sure that it's being taught really well?
2: Well, one of the things I've noticed is the the United States is very forgiving. We go to war with different countries and then, We forgive and we move on and we even help them rebuild. We're not as forgiving, it seems, with our own fellow Americans. The U.S. has been on a journey and I believe that we are constantly striving toward the ideals of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, but it's a process. And as Americans, I think we need to focus on forgiveness. Uh, We have to forgive our ancestors at some point and move on and say, it's up to our, our generation to continue to look for solutions in a civil and productive way, not a destructive way, but a civil and productive way. Uh, I wish we would just have more folks stand up along the lines in the example of Martin Luther King Jr. And we're looking for public leadership at you know, protectmonuments.org. If you're a public official and you wanna stand up and say, I'm here I want to lead a discussion I want to provide leadership in stopping lawlessness but looking for solutions we're happy to work with you we can't wait but we're calling out public officials please come forward stop the lawlessness and help us start the discussion we're looking for we're looking for leaders and uh, I I did a radio show earlier this morning with a a delegate in Maryland who helped fish out the statue of Columbus out of the harbor the other day after it was dumped in there and who, and who is sponsoring legislation to protect historic monuments in the state of Maryland. That's the kind of leaders we need. And um, the leaders who think they can hide behind their desk or under their desk and wait until this blows over, it's not going to blow over. When you allow mobs, you get more mobs. When you promote civil discussion, you get more civil discussion. It's time to kind of come out from under the desks and fight for America, protecting our history while still solving our problems together in a civilized way.
1: So what are one or two practical actions that our listeners can take today?
2: Well, protectmonuments.org. There's three, really four things you can do. You can sign a petition in support of protecting monuments. The more names that are on there, the more weight we have when we go to public officials and say, folks want you to protect monuments. The other thing they can do is download the public official's pledge and send it to their public official and put some pressure on them. I want you to sign the pledge. They need to hear from their constituents that there is a real desire to stop lawlessness and protect uh, property. Uh, The third thing they can do is donate to the cause, there's a a donate button there, donate and help us protect monuments. And the fourth thing is um, they can go there to our hotline and they can report if there are problems in their community, if you think the public officials in your community are allowing the monuments to be destroyed without protection, and if they are letting rioting and um, destruction rule the streets, we wanna hear from you, tell us who's doing it, we'll name them and shame them, we'll run ads, we'll do press releases, We will uh, call them out on social media and on radio and ads and um, let us know. So four things they could do if they want, if they go to protectmonuments.org, but we could sure use your help. Let's all stand up together and uh, protect America from lawlessness and mobs ruling. That's not who's supposed to rule. We're all supposed to rule. And uh, it's time for us to stand up for ourselves.
1: Lori, thank you so much for joining the show and telling us about the petition and the work that you all are doing.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for the time. Thanks for all your great work.
1: Do you have an interest in public policy? Do you wanna hear some of the biggest names in American politics speak? Every day, the Heritage Foundation hosts webinars called Heritage Events Live. Webinar topics range from ethics during the COVID-19 pandemic to the CARES Act and the economy. These webinars are free and open to the public. To find the latest webinars and register, visit heritage.org events.
0: Thanks for sending us your letters to the editor. Each Monday, we feature our favorites on this show. Virginia, who's up first?
1: One of our podcast listeners left us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, writing a great podcast to hear the side of liberty and constitutional human rights in a time when the dangerous Marxist left is working to destroy the country.
0: And in response to the Problematic Women interview with Air Force veteran and Senator Martha McSally, Harold Harmon of Georgia writes, I thoroughly enjoy the podcast. As I listened, so many thoughts came to my mind senator McSally has touched on very important issues what she says about fear and it holding you back is so true conquering fear is the key to succeeding in any venture
1: your letter could be featured on next week's show so send us an email at letters at dailysignal.com
2: if you're tired of high taxes fewer health care choices and bigger and bigger government it's time to partner with the most impactful conservative organization in America. We're the Heritage Foundation, and we're committed to solving the issues America faces. Together, we'll fight back against the rising tide of homegrown socialism, and we'll fight for conservative solutions that are making families more free and more prosperous. But we can't do it without you. Please join us at Heritage.org.
0: Virginia, you have a good news story to share with us today. Over to you.
1: Thanks so much, Rob. Well, you know, a Chick fil A gift card might seem like a pretty simple gift, and it probably is, but simple acts of kindness go a long way, especially right now. Dan Marshall lives in Concord, North Carolina, a city of about 98,000. And amid recent riots and protests defaming police all over America in the wake of George Floyd's death, Marshall decided that he wanted to do something to show the police in his community just how thankful he is for their service. Marshall got on the phone and he called his local Chick-fil-A and explained that he wanted to purchase gift cards for all of the officers and sergeants at the police station. The store manager said that he would also contribute an additional gift card for a Chick-fil-A sandwich for each of the officers. And when Marshall contacted the police chief to explain his intentions, the chief responded in an email writing, thank you so much for the kind gesture. Your words alone mean more than you will ever know. We certainly appreciate any establishment. I do know the troops often frequent Chick-fil-A because they're comfortable going there. I have 22 officers and four sergeants that work in the district. I know each of them would be extremely grateful for your generosity. And wow, Rob, I was personally really challenged uh, by this act of kindness because it's so simple. It doesn't take a lot of time to go buy some gift cards and drop them off at the police station. But it does speak volumes of the support uh, for our men and women who risk their lives every day to keep us safe. And, you know, it, it could be something even simpler. It doesn't have to be a gift card. It could be a box of cookies or handwritten thank you notes. But I think Mr. Marshall has really given us such a great challenge to think about, okay, what, what are those simple ways that we can show our support for our police officers right now?
0: That's such a great story, Virginia, and it is such a simple act of kindness that you can do. I'll share a personal story. After my son broke his arm uh, last fall uh, at a baseball practice, the, the local fire department and EMT showed up to to take him to the hospital and, and get his arm set. And, uh, you know, this uh, this is something that, that really touched my heart because he said, you know, I want to do something to say thank you to to those, those people who, who came to my aid in a time of need. So we did bring them a, a box of cookies uh, probably should be doing more than just that but um, but yeah this is a great reminder that there's just little things that we can all do in our community and uh, and thank you for bringing us these good news stories every week virginia because i do think that they hopefully inspire others to take action
1: yeah i hope so well and you know it's summer it's a great time to get out and think of those creative projects that you can do with your kids like rob you did with yours um, so get creative and for for any of you that that do do something kind, do an act of kindness for, uh, for the police in your community, let us know, find us on Twitter. Um, and we would love to share that on the Daily Signal.
0: That's right. Well, we're going to leave it there for today. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on the Ricochet audio network. All of our shows can be found at dailysignal.com slash podcasts.
1: You can also subscribe on Apple podcasts, Google play, or your favorite podcast app. And be sure to listen every weekday by adding The Daily Signal podcast as part of your Alexa flash briefing.
0: If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It means a lot to us, and it helps us spread the word to even more listeners.
1: Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DailySignal and Facebook.com slash The Daily Signal News.
0: Have a great week. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Rob Bluey and Virginia Allen. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit dailysignal.com.